Hello and welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. My name is Ed Cunningham and in this episode I'm going to be talking about how I used to be a miserable fuck. Not me, although I did probably used to be a bit of a miserable fuck. But I'm going to be talking about the book by John Kim. But before we get into that, just a quick word about our sponsors at A Need to Read. Now the podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp provide an online therapy service to millions of people around the world. Therapy is something that I talk about a lot on the podcast. It's something that I try and champion and get everyone to do because if you don't talk to someone about what's in your head, it'll eat you up. And quite on topic of this book, which is actually written by a therapist, you might just turn into a miserable fuck. I've been going to therapy now for just over a year and it's helped me to no end. And with better help, you can be put in touch with a therapist within 48 hours. Now you can choose your therapist based on gender. You can pick them based on age and you can change them really easily because you've got to find the one that's right for you. It just so happens that it's also cheaper than normal face-to-face therapy. And on the subject of things being cheaper, you get 10% off when you use the link that is in the description of this episode, which, funnily enough, just so happens to be betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read. Now, that is 10% off your first month. Obviously, it will be bumped up after your first month. But in terms of pricing, you usually, I was paying about £90 per session, and that was still therapy via Zoom. With BetterHelp, it's around 40 to £50 per session, 50 being on the higher, higher end um, of what they do, and it can be lower than that. So if you think it's time to take charge of your mental health and you want to have a look at therapy seriously, um, especially with now pretty much face-to-face therapy is not necessarily a thing in the past, but it's not something you're going to be able to access as easily as you would have before COVID, why not have a look at it online? If you think it's time to do it, you know where to head. It's betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read. Now let's get into this book review. This book, I used to be a miserable fuck. The title certainly grabs your attention. And it's a book that's aimed at men. Now I know that most of you listening are women, but no doubt that you know men, that you're friends with them. Maybe you're married to one. Maybe you're going out with one. Maybe you don't have any men in your life which would be strange considering that over 50% of the world is made up of them. But this book is worth listening to or reading, or I mean listening to me talk about it, because you could change one of the miserable fucks in your life's life by giving them this book. So the book is written by a man called John Kim, and he is a therapist, and his Instagram handle is The Angry Therapist. He wasn't always a therapist. Um, He's from Korean descent, so he's an immigrant into America, and he worked a lot in restaurants with his family when he was younger. And he went through a pretty dreadful divorce, which I think inspired this book. But he retrained to be a therapist later in life from more of an altruistic standpoint. He wanted to help kids who had been through trauma, ended up helping quite a few people that had been through trauma. So just a note on that, if you're unhappy with what you're doing now, you're probably still going to be unhappy with what you're doing in three years' time unless you can really start focusing on on what's making you happy in life outside of your work. 
So when it comes to courses, when it comes to taking a risk, I'm always on the side of take the risk or retrain yourself because in three years from now, when that course is finished or two years or, or four years, you could be a far happier person than you are today doing what you're doing. So that's something to think about. If you're unhappy now, you're still going to be unhappy in three years if you're still doing the same thing is the most likely scenario. So retraining or switching up your life and moving to a different job, I mean, it's not that much of a bad idea, in my opinion. Um, of course, everything I say is from my opinion, but um, it's definitely worth thinking about. And John's story, he started a blog after his divorce and obviously from creating this blog, he started writing more and writing more and then eventually produced this book. It's worth noting, he admits in the book and he puts his blog post in there that the first draft of anything is usually shit and it's through persistence and practice and dedication to a course that you become better at what you're doing. Now, the book reads in a my favorite kind of way because it's short chapters. I'm not one for big, long chapters anything over like 15 minutes kind of turns me off a bit but reading this book is maximum five minutes per chapter and there is a lot of two or three paragraph chapters in here because the book is built up of do's and don'ts of how to become a man and not just like a, a man in what people think a man is in terms of like toxic masculinity a man who's can grow a mustache shout out to not me a man who can grow a full beard I can't do that. A man that can beat up anyone on the street. That kind of old school tribal sense of a man. I think that's a thing of the past. And what we have to do, I'm asking you guys to do this as well, is try and reframe what people think a man is. Now, like a man, he takes responsibility for his actions, for his family, he provides, he gives. A man does a lot of things that people don't think men do. And men get a pretty bad rep at the moment. And one thing that he starts the book with, which is a really interesting part, is saying that basically that men are the root cause of most of the issues for women in the world. And that it's brilliant that women are finally feeling comfortable enough that they can stand up and they can talk about the issues that they've had with men in the past. Because as the general rule, like, of course, women can be abusive and women can be manipulative. But... It seems to mostly be men that are taking it upon themselves to be those people. Like you see the Me Too movement. 20, 30 years ago, no one felt confident enough to come forward and say, oh, this, this happened to me. And they're doing that now, and that's brilliant. That's progress. That's what we like. Now, I don't want to get into the whole cancel culture and the Me Too thing, because there are some parts of that, of course, that... I don't agree with and I think it's absolutely fine that you can you can have an opinion on those things um, because we've got to sort of go for progress and not perfection here and that's just on cancel culture um, if someone's done something bad of course it's time time to pay the price but you can't just wipe someone off the face of the earth because they've done something bad that is not how things work there's juries there's stuff like that that go into that I spent way too long on that. I, I really wish I didn't, but let's have a look at the contents of the book and I'll run you through a couple of my favorite chapters. 
because they all start with do or don't and there's different sections like you've got health you've got relationships you've got personal stuff and one of the things that's in the health chapter is do sweat daily i haven't been doing this recently i haven't been exercising as much as i should be or as opposed to using the word should let's use the word want um because who's who's to say what you should and shouldn't do even yourself because you can be quite mean to yourself in that um instance when when you start using that word should it just makes you feel bad because you won't do it and then you're like, oh well i should be doing this but by the by you didn't so i haven't been exercising as much as i would like to have been recently so the other when i read that chapter i was like right well it's time time to sort my shit out and and get moving and not necessarily a case of having a grueling workout every day but just moving every day whether that's yoga whether that's a 20 minute run whether that's a little bit of a longer walk with the dog than i would usually do walking up some hills a little bit faster than i usually would it is important to get a sweat it's great to detox your body i don't know the science behind it but when you sweat you feel good after you never feel good when you start but you always feel good after now another part in health is about getting out of your bubble and health obviously covers quite a lot here and it's not just physical health because health covers mental health as well and he talks about getting out of your bubble and getting out of your bubble is let's obviously it's quite relevant actually with covid so don't go out of your covid bubble i want to make that very clear i'm not uh an advocate for people breaking rules even if i don't agree with them or not but getting out of your bubble getting out of your social bubble socializing with new people is something for me that actually makes me feel relatively uncomfortable um because i always have that urge around new people to sort of play a character like i probably used to relevantly when i was a miserable fuck but getting out of your social bubble getting out of your comfort zone it's a brilliant way of kind of being who you want to be and don't worry if when you do that the people don't like you because it's completely their choice whether they like you or not it's something worth thinking about are you completely wrapped up in your own bubble or do you think maybe it's time to branch out and maybe make new friends it was a decision i made last year was to actually get after new friendships join different things try different activities and the friends that I've made in the last year, like shout out to everyone I've met in the last year because honestly, it's made my life so much better. I'm, I use the word love because I love my friends. And as for those of you that have been listening for a while, you know the word love makes me feel uncomfortable. But you've just got to do it. Make make some new friends. You don't want the same friends for all of your life. My sister always says, you have friends for a season, a reason, and a friend forever. And I think that's quite a nice saying, so shout out to my sister there. Moving on to the love and relationships chapters. Now, there are over 50 chapters in this book, so if I was to go through all of them, I could give you my breakdown of them, and I think I could probably write my own version of this book because it actually reinforced a lot of the things that I like to do. Um, so love and relationships. Don't, do respond, don't react. Don't be a reactive person because when you're reactive, you say things you don't mean, you do things you don't want to, and that's not great. Do say, I was wrong. Admitting when you were wrong is one of the hardest things that you can do. 
But in this book, he says it takes a man to admit when they're wrong. And what he means by that is the new definition of man that he's trying to create through this book. Don't be the I don't know guy. You've got to be pragmatic with your choices in life. You've got to let people know what you want. If you don't know what you want, then how on earth can you expect anyone else to know what you want? So if you guys are listening and you're thinking, sure, I know a couple guys like this. Well, you know what you need to get them for Christmas. Another couple things that are quite funny is do want to do the dishes and don't pee in the shower. Then anyone ever seen the breakup with Vince Vaughn and uh, Jennifer Aniston, Rachel from Friends, as everyone will know her? She says, oh, I don't want you to just do the dishes. I want you to want to do the dishes. And it's a case of wanting to help people. And guys, a lot of girls out there's love languages is acts of service. So doing stuff for them and wanting to do that. That's an important one. Another one, do let go of your partner's sexual history. Now, sometimes those conversations come up. But it doesn't mean that they have to be a problem. It's absolutely none of your business who your partner's been with in the past. I mean, hopefully not with someone in the future. But like the only thing that should be your business is what they like. So when it gets to the subject of sex and you're talking about that, don't be like, oh, well, how many people have you shagged? Because the thing about boys is they're going to start feeling insecure about that. But men don't care. So that is that part of the book done. Career and success. One of my favourite chapters in here was owning your shit. Now you have to own your shit. You have to take responsibility for yourself. You can't just come in and point the finger at people and blame everyone. If you do something wrong or if something is not necessarily right with your personality, take ownership of that. Don't just try and palm it off onto other people and make it other people's problems. Obviously, if there's something in your mind that's eating you up, speak to someone about that. Share that. A problem shared is a problem halved, as the old cliche goes. But as with all cliches, as you know, I love them. They all have some truth in them. Now, separating who you are from what you do is one of the most important things when it comes to work. I used to, and this is something I learned through therapy, is I used to see people as what they do. So when I first spoke to my therapist about like what my family members did, I was like, oh yeah, my sister does this for a job and my mum does this for a job um, and my dad does this for a job, as opposed to saying, like, oh, my sister's really caring and she would actually do anything for you if given the um situation or that my mum loves doing things for people and she's really really altruistic and that my dad's very calm and considerate and a really good listener what I was saying was that they were their job and that's not their identity they are far more than that who they are has got them to where they are and what they do but that doesn't come into account of like like who they are as a person deep down their qualities their values that's what's important so when someone says like oh well, what do you do that's very common in england um i think maybe that's around the world actually but 
let's separate that. Like, you're not your job. You're a completely separate person from the eight hours you spend a day doing what you're doing, unless, like, your whole identity is your job. Like me, my name is Anita Reed, but really my name is Ed Cunningham. Anita Reed is my female alter ego who runs a podcast, and obviously Ed Cunningham runs a podcast. I'm just making a joke, all right? So separate who you are from what you do. I think that's really important. Making your bed. When you make your bed in the morning, oh my God, it's such a simple, simple task. And I'm a real hypocrite, so I'm looking at my bed now from my bedroom studio, of course, that I'm recording in, and it's not made. But I will make it because when I get back into bed in the evening, going to a made bed is far better than just crawling into some crumpled sheets that have been there all day. At least you've achieved that one thing as soon as you get up. And you know what? I'm a hypocrite. But it takes time to put things into action and make them a habit. Apparently today is a day that I missed. But as Aldous Huxley says in the prologue of a brave new world rolling in the muck is not the best way of getting clean so make a mistake doesn't matter make amends don't just dwell on it another part from the career and success is do fail often i think failure is a really important part of life the lessons that you learn from failure are far greater than the ones that you learn from success i feel like i'm an instagram quote walking there but the, the chapter there was brilliant because people think of failure as this scary thing that needs to be tiptoed around and, and afraid of. But you need to start taking risks in life. And with risks, inevitably, inevitably comes failure. So it's worth, worth thinking about. Are you taking enough risks? Are you failing enough? Because if you're not failing enough, then you're really not taking enough risks. And you don't want a boring life, do you? If you do, that's your prerogative. But I definitely don't other chapters that I liked putting down your phone and don't drive like a dick I hate when people drive fast a couple years ago I went to Paris with um, some friends and my friend's business partner at the time had a Ferrari and a Range Rover so two cars I would never want to buy or probably can't ever afford but we were driving the Ferrari long went up to 180 miles an hour and I was absolutely furious he may have felt that he had control but I hated it I was sat in the side seat I was pale I was terrified driving like a dick actually doesn't impress anyone driving fast doesn't impress anyone and not to sound like your mum or your dad but you're just putting other people at risk here's a chapter that I struggled with and it's don't inhale your food Now, I don't know if this is something that's come from being in the Marines and the military, but the first two weeks, you're given about five minutes to eat your food every time, sometimes even less. So I just got in the habit of just chucking everything down my throat real quick. And even now, I'll finish my dinner and I'll look at everyone else's plates because I just want to know if I've eaten the fastest. And that is so pathetic, but it's just something I'm in the habit in. And like... If I went on a date, I'd still eat my dinner really quick. And do you know what happens then? Your date doesn't last very long, so your date's probably not very good. It's it's a frustrating thing, but I'm going to work on slowing down my eating. 
Now, there's a chapter at the end that says keeping everything else. So don't buy things, get gifts. There's nothing better than a thoughtful gift. I obviously buy people books all the time because in my head, when I'm talking to people, I'm slowly, slowly prescribing them books as if I was the book doctor, which is obviously a thing that I'm doing every week on Instagram at the moment. Well, I'll ask people what kind of book they want, what they want it for, and I will then prescribe that book to them. Buying gifts is great. It doesn't have to be a book. It can be a thoughtful present because no one wants just a voucher. Like someone who hasn't got a lot of money might just want cash. But a thoughtful gift is great. And you all know those birthdays when it's probably not the most expensive thing you've got, but it's really helpful for your life and that person's put a lot of thought into getting it. So buy people gifts. It goes for you girls as well. Buy the guys gifts, not just presents. Couple other things. Don't wear skinny jeans. Something I stopped doing this year. It's great doesn't uh, highlight my skinny calves anymore so nobody knows that I've got little uh, flamingo pins in my jeans I don't I'd be interested to see actually if girls on the whole if anyone's listening to this of course you are but uh, what's what's the opinion on skinny jeans I think in general it's not great um, but a lot of guys do wear them so I'd, I'd love to hear people's feedback on what they think of skinny jeans a couple other things before I wrap up here now don't be afraid of women and don't go for the hottest girl in the room now the hottest girl in the room might actually also be the most interesting and it might be worth chatting to her but if you go for the hottest girl in the room guess what you're just shallow you're not giving anyone else a chance and uh, for all the guys listening, you're probably not that hot anyway. And unfortunately, we live in a world that's very shallow, so probably not interested in you anyway. Um, don't be afraid of women. I'm pretty afraid of women, and it's something that I'm going to have to work on. But if I don't know a person or know someone that knows that person, my ability to approach a woman, oh my God, it's dreadful. I don't think I ever do it. I probably need... To some practice actually and there's something about that practice you're not gonna be great at chatting people up straight away you have to going back to the part about failing be willing to fail that's actually probably more attractive than just not saying anything anyway if someone came up to me and was like oh hey i think you're really attractive um and cool and funny and interesting and i don't think your hairline's that bad and i don't think your legs are that skinny <laughs> i would be pretty buzzing with that and i'll be like yeah do you know what fair play thanks for coming up to me and saying that that'd be amazing let's go on a date um don't actually come up to me and say that word for word because i'll probably go bright red and cry <laughs> final thing don't chase do attract there is nothing better for when you're trying to find a relationship or find a person than just working on yourself because people will come to you your vibe attracts your tribe cliche number two of the episode once you work on yourself once you're able to love yourself i've spoken about this before in the episode on love yourself like your life depends on it it's a really really important thing to do so there was about 15 to 20 of the do's and don'ts from about 66 that are in the actual book there it's a brilliant book 
especially if you are a man and especially if you're a miserable fuck i think i used to be a miserable fuck a lot of the things that were in here did reinforce some beliefs that i've actually adopted over the last year and i've got that through reading it seems that john kim has wrapped those up really well in this book it's worth getting i if you get it as a present i think someone might be offended but offense is taken not given so that's on them if they're offended or not it comes from a good place and if you buy it for a guy just let him know that it comes from a good place and that you're essentially you're investing in your future if they're a vested interest to you if you're with a guy and you think he's probably a little bit miserable if you buy this book you're literally investing in your life getting better because they will become a better person therefore your relationship will get better so i'll chuck a link for the book in the description if you want to buy the book use the link it helps support the podcast and that way I won't have to record the podcast out of my bedroom any longer and that'll be fantastic but of course before I leave you for the day I've got to go into my philosophy thought of the week my stoic thought of the week this one has actually come from the daily stoic and it's come from today's uh, November the 11th it's by Marcus Aurelius from meditations he says when you're distressed by an external thing it's not the thing itself that troubles you but only your judgment of it and you can wipe this out at a moment's notice. Now, Ryan Holiday's explanation of this, he says, imagine you've dreamed of a life in politics. You're young, you're vigorous, and you've held increasingly powerful positions over the course of your career. Then at 39, you start to feel run down. Your doctors tell that you have polio and your life will never be the same. Your career is over, right? That is a story of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Now, widely regarded as one of America's greatest political leaders, he was, at middle age, diagnosed with polio after spending years preparing for and dreaming about presidency. It's impossible to understand Roosevelt without understanding this disability. The external thing was that he was crippled. This was a literal fact. But his judgment of it was not that it did not cripple his career or his personhood, though he was certainly the victim of a then incurable disease he wiped away almost immediately the victim's mentality. Let's not confuse acceptance with passivity. That is quite interesting. We've got a lot of things that are out of our control at the moment. COVID is, I mean, to put it lightly, it's not ideal, is it? None of this lockdown bollocks is what we want. And that is the external thing. And it is distressing a lot of people. But it's just how you look at it are you taking like advantage of this situation of being stuck inside what can you do when you're inside that you can't do when you're outside when you haven't got time to go and see your friends you can learn you can read you can look within yourself you can grow i'm really thankful for this year in terms of how it's allowed me to grow um i'm not going to say that i've made the most of every day but i've made the most of a lot of the days and I've been able to read, I've been able to learn, I've been able to focus on developing myself. And that's a really important thing. So I'll leave you on that note. My name is Ed Cunningham. This is A Need to Read. You can follow us on Instagram at A Need to Read with the number two and not the word. It's Movember at the moment. So please donate to my Movember. The link is in my Instagram bio and pretty much no one's donated so far. Um, which, I mean, it's not embarrassing, but it's not ideal. So 
if you want me to continue having a pair of horrible eyebrows on my upper lip, then head to the link in my bio on Instagram and donate. But that is all from me for today. That is a 28-minute book review, which I haven't really done before, but it was a great book. I hope you've enjoyed listening to me talk about it. Love you all. Goodbye. Love you, bye.